A lot of focus in spring training will be on the shortstop battle where Vaughn Grissom will be trying to win that job, but perhaps the more intriguing position battle will be for the fifth starter spot between Mike Soroka, Ian Anderson, Bryce Elder, and others. We're talking about position battles on this episode of Locked On Braves, so let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you follow or go check out my website, shortstopball.com, where you can see some of my written work. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOn underscore Brave. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Always enjoy listening or hearing from you, the listener. Make sure that you go subscribe to us on YouTube if you're new. Do me a favor, hit that thumbs up button on this video if you're watching on YouTube. And to the person who gave me a thumbs down before the video even started, well, that was not very cool on your part. But thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of every day. We post, we're back to posting episodes daily, five days a week. On today's episode, we're going to be looking at these position battles in spring training, talking about the shortstop position, fifth starter spot, outfield, and bullpen as well. So going to be getting into all of that as we get geared up for spring training. It won't be long now. We are 10 days. I'm recording this on Wednesday night. So little less now than 10 days when this is getting posted from the first spring training game. So it'll be here before you know it, and it'll be a lot of fun to watch. And we'll just start with the shortstop position because I think that's the one that most people will be paying attention to. Although I asked on Twitter which ones you were most interested in, and I don't think anybody really said the shortstop battle. But And I don't even necessarily know that it's a battle, but it is something that, it's Vaughn Grissom's to to lose, essentially. Um, I think it's if he comes in and shows he can get the job done defensively, that it will be his job. But let's talk about the positives and negatives for both Vaughn Grissom and Orlando Arcia, starting with the case for Vaughn Grissom. And some of the positives are you feel like he's going to hit. He showed that in the minor league level, slash 315, 402 on base percentage, and a 465 slash line and over three minor league seasons 866 at bats so not a ton of at bats and not a lot of at bats above single a either just 91 bats above single a but that kind of goes into the negative column and then even at the major league level he slashed 291 353 440 and 41 big league games last year with five home runs so at 21 years old so taking what he was able to do in the minors and come up and do it right away at the big league level. Again, you feel pretty good about his ability to be able to hit and get on base at the major league level and give you a little bit of power too. probably more like 15 home run power. Perhaps he gets to 20. I think 25 would probably be his max, but probably somewhere in the mid teens uh, is where you would feel comfortable projecting his home run total. But again, you feel pretty good about the hit tool with Vaughn Grissom. And you would likely put him eighth or ninth in the lineup. So you wouldn't need much out of him offensively. But the big thing with him and what could be a huge positive 
is that if he continues to get on at a 340 clip, even a, a 330 clip batting eighth or ninth in the lineup with his speed, he had 46 stolen bases and 54 attempts in the minors. He had five stolen bases last year and seven attempts. If he can get on base with his speed and steal bases, you know, and set up the top of the order, a lot of like what happened last year when Michael Harris came up and the team took off, you know, he was batting ninth, getting on base, using his speed to score runs. If Von Grissom can be that kind of guy this year, that is a huge boost to the lineup. And I think, you know, he certainly has the ability to do that. Still just 22 years old, so there's a chance for some upside with him as opposed to some of the others competing for the spot. And I think we're putting a lot of trust in Ron Washington. I'm putting this in the positive column because I do have a lot of faith and trust in one in Ron Washington. But how realistic can it be that in one offseason he's taken Von Grissom to an above average defender? And I think that's what you need to have at the major league level is an above average defender at shortstop, especially with the rule changes coming. Now, those are the positives, and I think there's some very good positives in there. But when I look at the negatives, as I mentioned, not a lot of at-bats above single A, so you know, not a lot of experience at the higher levels. He cooled off last September. However, he slashed 266, still had a 347 on base in September. Slugging was down a bit, just 391. Wouldn't be terrible slash line for your number nine hitter. Again, if you're getting on base at a 340 clip and hitting 266, you know, three, four bombs a month, uh, you'll take that out of your number nine hitter. But he did cool off a bit in September, so perhaps pitchers starting to adjust to him a little bit. He lost his job at second base late in the year, partly because he cooled off, but also because of some struggles defensively at second base, which is not a position that he played a lot at the minor league level, and he was trying to adjust to that. So I think you got to give him a little bit of grace there. But he did have negative three defensive run saves, a negative 1.8 UZR, and negative five outs above average. The three main statistics that we look at, look at to judge defenders, he was negative in all three of those. So, again, it was a new position for him. I think you got to cut him a little bit of slack, but that combined with the fact that he cooled off was the reason that he lost his job late in the year. And for me, the biggest biggest negative with Von Grissom, and I'm hoping it's not a negative, but just from what we know right now from evaluators and scouts who have watched him who said you know, he can't handle the shortstop position defensively at the big league level, and based on the small sample size that we saw at second base, again, a position that was new to him, the biggest negative for Von Grissom right now is the defense. And with the shift going away the exaggerated shift going away teams will still shift it'll just be look a little different but with the exaggerated shift going away i think it's even more important now maybe more than ever to have an above average defender at shortstop and if von grissom can't be that that could potentially be a big detriment to the braves and their pitching staff um but again he's still young he's 22 i just if he, if he doesn't show it right away in spring training and you can't visibly see some growth at the position and believe that he can be not just average, but above average at the defensive position, do you need to send him back to AAA to continue to develop and work on that? Because again, we're talking about you know one offseason where he's worked with Ron Washington and the work that he did while he was called up last year, and he's 22. I'm not ready to 
even if he comes into spring training and they still think that he has ways to go defensively, still not ready to give up on that ability to be able to do it long term. He may just need to go down to AAA and work it out. But still, I think there are some big positives there with Vaughn Grissom. Just fingers crossed. Ron Washington has him ready to go defensively. Now, the case for Orlando Arcia, positives experience. He has three years of starting experience at the shortstop position for Milwaukee. Um, showed some good power last year in spurts. He's still just 28. He's not old himself, so perhaps he still has some good days ahead of him, some good years ahead of him. I think he's a great backup option. I put that in the positive column because I do like Orlando Arcia. And I, I like the role he was in last year as a guy that can fill in for, you know, a day, a week or two if needed. However, getting to the negatives, in my mind, he's not a starter at this point. He is a replacement level player. He's a guy that you bring in when somebody needs a day off or somebody goes on the IL. He's a replacement level player. Uh, maybe a little bit more than that, you know, in terms of I think he's a one to two war player. He's only produced one season with a war over one, and that was in 2017. And last year was the first season he had a WRC plus over 100, and 100 is league average, and that was just in 68 games. I would label him as average defensively, a limited range below average arm, but he's going to make the plays that you need to make. So again, we're talking about a guy who's primarily in his career been below average hitter, and been average to at times above average defensively at shortstop, but more so recently, he's been somewhat below average defensively at shortstop. So in my mind, really hoping Von Grissom wins this job or else the Braves go out and find somebody to to fill that starter's role because just in my mind, Orlando RC is not a long-term option at the shortstop position. I love the role they had him in at the beginning of last year coming off the bench. Uh, I think he's a great clubhouse guy as well but we really need Von Grissom to take hold of this job. I mentioned at the top, I think the fifth starter position might be the most intriguing one to watch because as curious as I am about shortstop, and I'll definitely be having my eyes on that to see if Von Grissom can take that job. Like I said, it's not really a battle. It's either Von Grissom proves he can handle it defensively and the job is his, or it's not, and they go to he goes to AAA, and either you roll with Arcia or you go out and get somebody else who, if there is anybody else available. But there are some great candidates for the fifth starter spot that I think is going to make it for a really interesting competition in spring training. We'll talk about that next. We're at the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to down download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. You can also get your early bets in for the upcoming season for Major League Baseball, the end-of-season awards. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports, bet par sports betting partner of the NBA. 
All right, we've had a big week this week. We're back to five episodes a week. On Monday, we covered the top five prospects in the farm system. You want to go back and check that out. We talked about the best and worst moves of the offseason, and then we actually looked ahead a little bit yesterday's on yesterday's podcast, talking about the top free agents in next year's class and some players that the Braves could potentially target. But now let's get back into the position battles where, again, I think the fifth starter spot could be the most interesting, and I have it between Soroka, Anderson, and Elder. I think those are your three primary candidates. Brian Snicker has has said that they will not go to a six-man rotation, but if all these guys come out throwing well in spring training and you're already looking to possibly limit the innings for some of these guys, I don't know how you don't go to a six-man rotation if everybody is looking good, and let's hope that's the case. For Soroka, some of the positives, you know, what a story it would be. Uh, a guy who is, you know, coming off two Achilles injuries and making a comeback. A guy who's still just 25 years old, was one of the best pitchers in baseball in 2019 with a 268 ERA and a 1.11 whip. The command looked good, looked pretty good at AAA last year. And so that is certainly great to see, as you got to figure that's probably the hardest thing when coming back. The results weren't always great, and a lot of times you saw it later in his starts, which is to be expected. Some of the negatives coming off the two Achilles injuries, like we said, that's just kind of unprecedented. We haven't seen it a lot, especially for pitchers, and he hasn't pitched at the big league level in two and a half years. So I'm curious, too, is what they do with the pitch 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 limits for Mike Soroka if he were to start the year in the rotation I can't imagine they would have him just come out and throw 170 innings I almost wonder if they start Soroka at in the minors if either Ian Anderson or Bryce Elder you know looks good enough to take that fifth starter spot that perhaps you start Soroka in the minors and for the first month or so you know, let him build himself back up, maybe some three-inning starts, you know, somewhat of a, an opener. And then if he looks good, you know, continue to stretch him out and then maybe call him up in, in May or June. And then you can use him, you know, for the rest of the year and you keep his, his workload down that way. Perhaps that's an option to go. I'm still cheering for the guy. I hope he gets the job out of spring training. And I have, I have full confidence that if he can stay healthy, he will be a good pitcher again. He may not be elite top of the rotation like he was, but I just I got to feel like he can still be a very solid middle of the rotation pitcher if healthy. But we don't know. We haven't seen the guy at the big league level in two and a half years, so it is a huge unknown. As for Ian Anderson, positives for him. In his first two seasons, a 3.25 ERA, a 1.20 whip with 165 strikeouts and 162 thirds innings, not to mention what he did in the postseason, what he has done in the postseason, truly incredible as well. And I feel like he's just, I've said this all offseason, he's just a, a little adjustment away from getting back to being that mid-rotation starter. If he can figure out another pitch to throw, and if he can work on his command issues a little bit, had a walk per nine of four last year, that's not good. You really want to be under three. Uh, so a walk per nine of four, you know, got to get that under control. But I feel like if he can Develop another pitch, work on the command. He can be a, a mid-rotation type starter again. Negatives, he was absolutely terrible last year. I mean, it was just a disaster watching him pitch. He wasn't great after being sent down to AAA either, but he could have been working on some things. I hope he was working on some things. So very curious to see Ian Anderson in spring training 
what he's been working on and hopefully the strides that he's made to get back to that you know mid even at times top of the rotation type starter that he was for Bryce Elder I just think he's a safe pick when I did my roster projections after the season ended at the beginning of the offseason I put Elder as the fifth starter just because I think he's the safe option if Ian Anderson you know needs more time to work on things in live games if Soroka they want to manage his innings and start him out at the AAA level I think you could feel pretty comfortable about putting Bryce Elder in that fifth spot and know that he's going to go out there and more times than not, give you a solid five innings and give you an opportunity to win a game. He's got a ton of pitches with a lot of movement on them. He has had some command issues at times at the big league level. You know, After his first start last year, really struggled with command. After that, was great when he came back, but you know it was against the likes of the Marlins and Nationals. Doesn't have elite strikeout stuff. You know He is a fourth, fifth starter in my mind, but that's the position they're battling for. So, I'd feel comfortable if it were Elder. I think there's certainly some great options here, and then there's some other options behind these guys as well. As far as outfield battles go, and I know a lot of you on Twitter said this is the one you're watching out for. Rosario's in, so I'm not including him in this battle. He's on the roster just because of what he's getting paid, and I'm hoping that Ozuna's not in this battle either just because I hope he's not in the field anymore. I think he's going to be at DH when he does get to play. So I have this battle... Between Sam Hilliard, Jordan Luplo, Eli White, and Kevin Pillar, you know, those are the guys kind of battling for that last outfield spot. Sam Hilliard, lefty with big pop at the minors, hasn't turned into that at the big league level, even playing for the Rockies. It's more so just been a lot of strikeouts, but all these guys, you know, they can play all three outfield positions, so it's a positive for all Four of them, Jordan Luplo, big right-handed power, and he has a very strong arm in the outfield, so that gives him a leg up. Eli White, good speed, good defender, hasn't been able to hit at the big league level. Kevin Pillar, just a veteran. I mean, he was a he was an everyday player for six years, so uh, just gives you that veteran presence, somebody who's been there, done that, knows what it takes to get it done. You look at options for these guys. Luplo has one option left, so that's key. Eli White has two. Pilar's on a minor league deal, so they could send him down uh, if he doesn't make the roster. I'm, I worry about the fact if that's the case that Kevin Pilar may say, you know, no, thank you, and either just hang it up or go look for an opportunity to to get on a roster somewhere else uh, and ask for his release, which happens a lot towards the end of spring training. Hilliard is the one who doesn't have any options, so that's something to keep in mind when looking at who gets that last outfield spot from these four guys. And then looking at the bullpen, I'm not going to go blow by blow here, but there's maybe one spot open here. You look at the guys who are locks, it's AJ Minter, uh, Rysel Iglesias, Jimenez, McHugh, Lee, Yates, Litke. I mean, that's seven guys right there. So there may only be one spot open. And you got to think maybe early in the season, it could come down to a long reliever. And if that's the case, then it's probably between, between Jesse Chavez uh, and Jackson Stevens, and I'd get Jesse Chavez the leg up there. If there is another bullpen spot open up, then I think that last middle relief spot comes down to Nick Anderson, Seth Elledge, Dennis Santana, and Michael Tonkin. Uh, Santana and Tonkin don't have any options left, so again, something to keep in mind there. Elledge does have two options left, so I can almost guarantee he's going to be optioned to AAA, and then Anderson's on a split deal, so like with Pilar, they could option him down 
um, if he doesn't break camp with the team and provide some good depth. So either way, there's great depth there with the bullpen for sure. There's just not a lot of options left. So I don't know how much of a battle it's actually going to be in spring training, uh, but those will be the guys who are trying to get that last spot. So those are the big position battles in spring training. Again, I think it's going to be for a, a team and a roster that has pretty much every position locked up. There are still some very interesting position battles to watch this spring training. All right, next, we'll get to some of your comments and questions from the chat section and on Twitter. We'll do that here next. So jumping into some of the uh, comments on the chat section here, um, Corey uh, Carmichael says that I liked Grossman. This followed up a comment from Hines who uh, wanted to see Grossman back, thought he was a fit as well. I do like Robbie Grossman. He's still out there and available, but I just mentioned all the guys they already have for outfield. I would think Robbie Grossman's probably as good, if not better, than some of those guys, but I think they'll probably stick with what they have for now, but I wouldn't I wouldn't have minded Grossman for sure. Um, Christopher Shaffey says, Locked on Braves five days a week and Braves baseball back doesn't get any better than that. I would certainly agree with you there, uh, Chris. Thank you so much for your support of the show. This is one of the best times of the year. You got college baseball starting this weekend. You got spring training games just around the corner. If you're a video gamer, you got MLB The Show coming out soon. In fact, I've been messing around with the tech, uh, the test tech uh, right now, playing some of that as well. So it is a great, great time of the year for sure. Um, Hein says, uh, talking about Grossman, uh, he says, I just think Grossman is more of a proven option than most of all of them, but that's just me. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't argue with their, their, with you there. Again, had they not already signed these guys, I probably would have taken Grossman over uh, several of them. Doug Count says, I'm really interested in seeing Soroka, really rooting for that guy. If he's healthy, I think he's a huge different, difference maker. His stuff is electric. Again, if healthy, I just I have a hard time believing he can at least be a number three starter again. Even the games I watched at AAA last year when he was rehabbing, coming back, not after not pitching for two-plus years, that sinker is still darting and diving all over the place. So you're right. If stuff's electric, he just needs to be healthy and get his workload back up. And I think he has the ability to at least be a mid-rotation starter again, if not more. Uh, Kenneth Clark says, add some new players for the Braves bench. Again, it's probably my biggest concern going into the year is the lack of depth and the lack of infield depth in particular. I would love to see them make some moves there. Jay is says, I like Grossman as a switch hitter in defense as well. I think that money was put into depth in the outfield and AAA signings. I mean, the guy hadn't signed yet, so how expensive is Robbie Grossman really going to be? But I do like the switch hitting aspect that he brings. And I thought he was solid defensively as well. Corey Carmichael, who will hit the most home runs for the Braves this season? My money is on Harris. Uh, I've been saying Matt Olson. That's the guy I'm going with. And as we talked about on the mailbag last week with Grant McCauley, I think they could potentially have 340 home run hitters and Olson, Acuna, and Riley. Uh, I would probably have Harris next on that list. I think he's probably somewhere more around the 30 home run mark. A um, couple more comments here. Blaine Farnworth says, I really prefer Duvall for left field. Unfortunately, it uh, didn't work out this year. We talked about that on yesterday's podcast. I believe it was uh, the fact the Red Sox just – they gave him more money than I thought he would get. I wouldn't have minded Duvall if you used him the right way as a right-handed platoon bat coming off the bench for defense. 
I certainly wouldn't have minded that, but not for seven million or more a year. I would have done it for for less than five million. Corey Carmichael hoping for Soroka and Anderson start limiting Morton starts. Uh, Morton's going to be out there as long as he's healthy, and I think it's going to be a good year for Morton for sure. I think he's going to have a nice bounce back year. Hines says thoughts on Luke Waddell. Good bat got injured the second half of last year, or else he may be pushing for that bench utility type role. I think he's a utility player. I've always kind of thought that even watching him at Georgia tech. Um, and that's certainly what the Braves need. Again, that's one of my biggest concerns is, you know, depth on the infield if something were to happen. So I would love for him to come out healthy this year, have a good, you know, first half of the season. If the Braves need him later in the year, be there. So I really hope Luke Waddell has a good start to his season and can provide some infield depth for the Braves, you know, either later this year or in the future. That's kind of my hope for him that he becomes a solid utility bench player. And then Kenneth Clark says, uh, how about uh, backup catcher? You know, right now the depth is, you know, obviously behind Sean Murphy and Travis Darno. It's Chadwick Trump right now. Um, you know, everybody else, the other guys on the non-roster invitees list to spring training, you know, Drake Baldwin, who was just drafted last year, Tyler Tolvey, believe his highest level is high A, so likely still a couple of years away. Um, but that's, you know, the majority of the depth. I'm sure they'll have some other veteran guys that perhaps they bring in later in spring training. Uh, last one here from Jeffrey Humphreys. He says, could Acuna have his best year ever this year? Absolutely, Jeffrey. I think he certainly can. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm expecting it. I'm certainly hoping for it, but I think he is ready to go. Again, I just keep saying every time I mention it, please, please let Ron Acuna Jr. stay healthy for a full season. If he does that, I think he's going to run away with the MVP. I think we're looking at a potential 40-40 season. Um, if that knee is healthy, you know, and he can get that lift on the baseball again, I think he will undoubtedly have one of his best seasons ever. And again, I think if he does that, I think he's a runaway MVP candidate. All right, that will do it for this episode of Lockdown Braves. We'll be back tomorrow for a mailbag episode. So make sure you submit those questions. Be looking for that tweet that I'll send out on Thursday afternoon, and you can submit your questions there or come back and join me for the live podcast that I will be doing for that on Thursday night. But that'll do it for this episode. Again, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. Now go make your second listen at Lockdown Sports Today, where they're talking about the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 